listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, the show where you gain clarity and understanding about such things as last will and testament, the probate process, trusts, and how not to lose everything you own to the high cost of the nursing home. Now here's your host, Estate Plan Stan. Hey, good day to you. Good day to you on this June the 3rd. Hey, you're listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning with your host, Estate Plan Stan. I'm Stan Prochowski with Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, located on the square in beautiful downtown Pulaski, Tennessee. Bulletproof Estate Planning is the show where we talk about estate planning. We talk about all things estate planning. We talk about last wills and testament. We talk about revocable living trusts, special needs trusts, asset protection trusts, 10 care planning, and both pre-planning and crisis planning and trying to keep from going broke in the nursing home. As always, I encourage questions. So this show is all about education on what your options are. So if you've got a question, you can call me uh, at 931-363-7222. Or you can go to my website, estateplanstand.com. That's uh, 931-363-7222. That's my office. Or you can go to my website, which is estateplanstand.com. There you can find my email, and you can ask a question that way if you want, or you can just call the number. Hey, I always enjoy doing this show here on Front Porch Radio, WKOM, 101.7 in Columbia, Tennessee. And keep in mind that all these episodes that I do are posted as podcasts on the WKOM website. So if you ever miss one or you want to go back and review a topic, it's there for you to go back and do so. And one of the reasons that can be useful to you is, you know, you have to remember, when I talk about subjects in estate planning, it's kind of of a progressive nature. So if you jump into one of these podcasts, like the one we're going to do tonight, which talks about the income-only asset protection trust, it... It's a progressive topic. In in other words, it takes me a couple of Saturday nights to get through it. And so I kind of pick up where I left off. So if you jump into one, you you may not get the full gist of it because it's going to rely on what I talked about the week before. But good news is, like I said, they're available on the WKOM website as podcasts. You can go back and listen to them and, you know, you can start them and stop them and review the subject matter, take notes, you know, whatever you want to do. So, all right, before we get into it, I want to uh, go over a couple things. I'd like to discuss a few things that happened here in the office at Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, uh, the week before to, you know, kind of keep you informed of how things go. Uh, the um, One of the good things that happened was we had a 10-care approval come in, and it was a very good I mean, it was a good day because this is one that was particularly troublesome. I've got two or three of them that are kind of hanging in there. And normally, you know, we file a 10 care. We, we, what we do is we juggle somebody's assets around. We get everything the way we want it. We file the 10 care application. In about three months, they come back with an approval. In that three months, they'll ask a couple of questions. They'll ask for some information, and we'll send it to them. Because, you know, if you don't send it to them, you risk having them deny you for failure to respond to an informational request. So so we send it to them, and then they get back, and they either like it or want more. And, you know, it goes back and forth a couple of times, but typically about three months, maybe sometimes four. Now that's post-pandemic, it's a little longer. 
they will say, okay, you're approved. And that's always a red letter day for us to call the family and say, hey, big news, you know, we got the approval. Now, we always expected it. We just don't ever know when. You know, so, you know, I've been 100% on my eligibility. Um, I've never failed to get somebody eligible. And, and then, you know, there's other ones that they deny and we have to do fair hearings. And the fair hearing is actually the appeal process. Now, I've also been 100% on my fair hearings, never lost one yet. But we did have a fair hearing over this week, and it went very well. haven't got the decision yet from the administrative judge, but that usually takes a month or almost before that comes in. But we're expecting that to be favorable. Uh, It seems like we sort of controlled the hearing for the most part. So the judge seemed to get it where our opponents were having trouble with it, but Anyway, so those are some good things that happened over the week, and I'm glad to share them with you. Last week was Memorial Day, three-day weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed it. I spoke a little bit about my thoughts on Memorial Day, and hope everybody remembered those who serve and were honoring that. I know I did. I had a project to do. I had to replace the liner in a pool, and although that wasn't all that difficult, everything leading up to it was kind of difficult. So anyway, got it done. Got it done. Moving on to the next. You know, my next project is I built this this area. It's a, a roof that covers where I keep the grill. Uh, you know, I used to have it on the porch, but that got in the way. So I made a spot in the, in the back deck that has a roof, and I parked the grill under and all the grilling stuff. And it's nice. It's got a nice little tin roof. But the problem is, even though I use pressure-treated wood, the carpenter bees are just machine-gunning it to pieces. So I think what I'm going to do is put some vinyl siding on the inside of the roof to kind of enclose all the wood so they can't get at it. You know, it's disappointing that you pay extra money for pressure-treated lumber that's supposed to kill bugs when they try to eat it. Uh, I guess, I, But since they've taken the arsenic out, uh, I don't think it works anymore because, man, they bore, you go out there and you find these giant piles of sawdust. And, you know, I actually had a, a roof by my barn collapse because they got at it so much. But anyway... That's what's been going on. Now, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And last week, we had gotten into this concept. You know, the general concept is how not to go broke in the nursing home. And one of the one of the pre-planning tools we're talking about is the Income Only Asset Protection Trust. Now, remember, when we talk about 10-care planning, we talk about two different kinds. We talk about pre-planning and we talk about crisis planning. Now, those two things are defined as, as this. Pre-planning is defined as when you and your wife come into my office and say, Hey, Stan, we, uh, you know, we're getting in our retirement years and we've worked all our lives. And we have this wealth accumulation that we've done all our lives, our life savings, you know, our nest egg. And if either my wife or I ends up going into long-term care, we don't want to lose it all. So what can we do? That's pre-planning, or a shorter definition is you're not in the nursing home and you're not expected to go there soon. Then we do crisis planning. Crisis planning is a little different. That's when you and your wife come into my office and say, hey, Stan, my wife got admitted to the nursing home. She's going to be there forever. Uh, how How do we keep from losing everything we've worked for all our lives? Okay, crisis is when you're already there. You or a loved one is already in care, okay, or headed there very soon. Now, when we talk about pre-planning, there's really only one strategy tool or one tool available, and that is called the Income Only Asset Protection Trust. 
I have had some people refer to it as a Medicaid Asset Protection Trust. I don't like to call it that, but they are basically one and the same. And uh, I call them income only, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, why we call it that, and uh, what it does. So we had said that that's the only tool available in this pre-planning mode. But we've, we haven't got here yet, but I did say in crisis, about six or eight planning tools become available when we're in crisis. But the problem is I can't use any of the, you know, if we're talking about pre-planning and you're not in the nursing home, we can't use any of the crisis tools because the very first criteria for any one of those is you have to be in care. So if you're not in a nursing home or assisted living facility, none of the prices, none of the crisis tools are available. So the only one that's available now is the Income Only Asset Protection Trust. And if, and if, when or if you or your spouse go into care, then the other ones become available. So actually we're adding an extra tool to our bag of tricks, right? I mean, if you don't do anything ahead of time and wait the 11th hour until somebody goes into care, well then the crisis planning tools are available. But if you do some pre-planning, the Asset Protection Trust is available as well. So we're kind of getting an extra one. And it's a doozy. The Income Only Asset Protection Trust is what I call the ultimate secret to not going broke in the nursing home. And if you do it right, and it's not hard to do, but if you do it with a little planning in mind, in other words, you don't wait until somebody goes into care, you do something ahead of time. Um, if you do that, we can protect 100%, 100% of everything you own. Now, let that sink in for just a second, because that's not going to jive with what you've been told. People come in my office all the time and they say, you know, there's nothing you can do. I talked to this attorney. I talked to that attorney. Or better yet, I went on Google and researched it. And if somebody goes in a nursing home, you are just SOL, okay? You're not, you're, they're getting everything. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, you'll just never see it again. They'll take all these assets and it'll be, go, go to the cost of care. And they'll just take it all until you're completely wiped out. There's nothing to leave your kids and it's just all gone. Well, if Google says it, I guess it has to be so, right? Isn't that the the mindset? Well, you know, I beg to differ and I can support my position. You know, my position is founded in law and in fact, not on Google. Everybody on Google has got their, everybody and their brother has an opinion about something and and sometimes it's useful. You know, when I, when I got to fix something in the car, you know, my wife's got a, a specialty car. When something happens to it, it, it's like, I don't know, I, I, you know, I'm pretty smart, but it's hard to figure out what to do on that car. So I'll go to I'll go to YouTube and find a video. Somebody will have done replaced that part. And that's informational and that's pretty helpful. But when it comes to this planning and this 10 care planning and this asset protection, the people on Google just haven't got a clue. Every now and then you find one that's, you know, kind of closer to the truth. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet whatever you've learned in your research is not correct. Now, that works against you if you act on incorrect knowledge, does it not? So that's why I do this show and a couple of the other shows that I do. I mean, it's, you know, I say all the time, I say in my intro, this is all about education. You know, if you're getting false knowledge or incorrect knowledge from the Internet or from other attorneys... I'm, you know, I'm here to give you the straight knowledge because it's like I say, it's founded in law. It's founded in our 10 care act. 
It's founded in the Federal Medicaid Act. It is founded in our Deficit Reduction Act of 2006. It's founded in our Catastrophic Illness Act of uh, 2012. I mean, it, it is just, you know, the law and it's pure fact that you can take to the bank. And so we're going to pick up on it, the Income Only Trust, because that's the pre-planning tool. We'll get the crisis planning. You know, you talk about progressive. We get the crisis planning. We're going to spend three or four Saturday nights on that. There's a whole lot there. So, okay, so the Income Only Asset Protection Trust, we finished last week talking about this concept of when you put property into this trust, in order for it to be protected or creditor protected, it has to stay in the trust. Okay, I'm going to review that just a bit because I think that's very important. When you do this trust, we said it's an irrevocable trust. And so people panic when they hear that word. And then I said, when you put property in this trust, we're going to restrict our access to it. And that makes people panic. But I went on to say, there's a big difference between access and control. We're going to say that you don't have any access to the principal. And again, if we, we could divide the property in, from income into principal. Income, no problem. You know, income can come out of this trust and go to you, the trust maker, all day long. And that does not offend the creditor protection we're trying to build. Our access has to be limited to the principal. And so the trust is going to say we don't have any. Zero. Nada. And my trusts are over the top on that language. No access. You, the trustor, the mega the trust, cannot have access to the principal in this trust. No way, Jose, not a zip, not, none. And it has to say that. Now, people hear that and say, whoa, I don't want to give all that up. I'm a control freak. I don't want to give up access. Well, I, I, I finished last week by talking about, well, you're giving up access, but you're maintaining control. You're having infinite control over the property. And what do I mean by that? Well, we, we, we create the income-only asset protection trust. We move a piece of property into it. Let's say our house, okay? We move our house into that trust. Now, the general rule is if I can get access to an asset, so too can my creditors and predators. So if I can get access to my house, well, then my creditors can get at it to satisfy a judgment, right? And the biggest creditor that's ever going to come into your life ever is going to be long-term care at $8,500 a month, right? Average. So we don't want our creditors getting at our stuff, right? So to do that, we have to give a little something up. You know, you can't just create a trust, put everything you own into it, and bar all your creditors. I mean, that is self-serving, and the law doesn't allow it. You can do it, but you got to, there's a quid quo pro, right? you got to give something, you got to take something. you got to lose something if you're going to gain asset protection. So what we're going to lose is this access to the principal. Now, access simply means that the property cannot come out of the trust and go directly to the maker of the trust, the trustors. So let's think about that in terms of money. Let's say there's $100,000 in a bank account, and the bank account is titled to the trust. All right, and you want $20,000 out of it. Okay, theoretically and legally, if $20,000 come out of that bank account and goes to you, the trustor, we have tainted the creditor protection, okay? That's, that's what we don't want to do. That's what can never happen. And that's what the trust goes over the top saying can never happen. We don't want to have access to it. Think about it. You know, there was a, there was a definition or a concept I told you to memorize. And, and I just mentioned it a bit ago, but I'm going to say it again. 
if you have can you if you can get access to an asset so too can your creditors now if you put it in the asset protection trust and you can't get at it you have no access well if you if you don't have access guess who else does not have access all right or think of it this way if you can get at it they can get at it well if you put it in an asset protection trust that says you don't have any access to principal you can't get at it now if you can't get at it then the long-term care cannot get at it. That's the creditor protection we want. Now, suppose you have this $100,000 in the bank and you want $20,000 of it for some reason. It could be anything, a me- say a medical expense or you want to go on a cruise, whatever. If $20,000 comes out of that bank account and goes to you, the maker of the trust, that is that is access. That is direct access to that bank account and that would have screwed up the trust because that is, um, you know, that has come out of there and come to you. Now, when the $20,000 come to you, what does that mean? Well, you can get at it, right? Well, if you can get at it, now they can get at it. See? You don't get the creditor protection if you can get at it. So we want to move the property into it, and we don't have an access to the principal. But we have control over it, okay? And in the, what I got left in the first segment here, I'm going, to, I'm going to review this control issue. And the control means, let's, let's go back to the house. You put your house in the asset protection trust. Well, it's seamless to you. You don't have to move out of the house or anything like that. I mean, you live there. You pay the mortgage if you got one, the deed of trust. You know, you mow the lawn. You clean the gutters. I mean, you do everything. You pay your taxes every February 28th. Everything's the same to you. It's completely seamless. But when I'm talking about control, it's like this. Suppose you decide you want to sell your house that's in the trust. You might say, well, hell, it's a – I mean, uh, you might say, well, gee, this is a – Creditor, this is an irrevocable trust. I can't, well, the answer is no. Yeah, you can sell it. If you want to sell the house, go ahead and sell it. What you have to do, though, is let's say it's a $200,000 house. What do you get when you sell a $200,000 house? I mean, it's not a trick question. You get $200,000 in cash, right? The cash has to stay in the trust to be creditor protected. Now, suppose you want to buy a new house down in Florida. You want to go down to Florida. Or you want to just move down the street, for crying out loud. You just take title to the new house that you bought with that money in the trust. So you see what's happening. The $200,000 principal never left the trust. It doesn't matter that it changed posture from real estate to cash to real estate. Now, that doesn't matter. It was always there in the trust. Therefore, it was always protected. You see how that works? So you have a lot of control. So suppose it's money. You know, there's $100,000 in the bank, and it's not doing squat interest-wise. And you say, I want to invest in cannabis stocks. Go ahead and do it. Stocks have to be titled to the trust. You can change them every day of the week if you want. As long as the asset and the principal stays in the trust, it's always creditor protected. And that is what we want. And that is how we keep it away from them. So uh, uh, I think if you think about it, you're starting to get the hang of it. Uh, You know, this access. Always go back to the fundamental. If you can get at it, they can get at it, Right. All right, listen, we are coming up on break number one, and I'm going to return. I'm going to continue with this income-only asset protection trust and a little more about how it works. So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and I'll be right back.
Hello, WKOM and WKRM listeners. My name is Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC in Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my grandfather, Robert Parks, and my great-grandfather, Julian Mays, in 1958, over 60 years ago. Being family-owned and operated, we invest in our community. You'll see our support everywhere you go. Schools, sports, band, and even charities. We invest in our community because we live here and we love this community. Come see me and my cousin, Robert Rogers, at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC right off Nashville Highway or visit us at parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. I don't know about you, but I just love doing business with small businesses. You feel appreciated when you walk in and they know your name. At Caledonian Financial, we try very hard to appreciate our clients. We value everyone and we reject the idea that you're not worthy of advice if you don't have a certain amount of money. We love our neighbors, all of them. This is Monty Sneed with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Murray County volunteer firefighters provide fire and rescue services to Murray County residents like you. I'm Savannah Madison, Public Information Officer with Murray County Fire. Our department serves over 600 square miles, and as a volunteer department, we rely on community donations to operate. You can also support by joining our department. We help you obtain the certifications to become a support member or firefighter. Learn more about making a tax-deductible donation or becoming a firefighter at murraycountyfiretn.org. That's murraycountyfiretn.org. You're listening to your local radio, 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. All right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, and I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. All right. Now, we were talking before the break about this uh, Income Only Asset Protection Trust, and I want to get into how it works, because I think I've pretty much beat the concept home that uh, 
when you put property into this trust, it needs to stay there. Now, I like to say it this way. When you do an income-only asset protection trust, you have there's two hoops that you have to jump through. Okay, two things that are very necessary to maintain the creditor protection that we want. One is when you put it in there, it kind of has to stay there. Okay, that's that concept of control. So you put the house in there, it's in the trust. If you want to sell the house, sell it. The money you get for the sale has to stay in the trust. If you want a new house, great, buy a new house. That house has to stay in the trust. If you sell that house, you get the money and you want to buy cannabis stocks or Home Depot stock, or you want to give it, turn it into an Edward Jones managed account or some kind of investment account uh, or gold bars. I mean, as long as the asset itself stays in the trust, it's always asset protected. So we, when we put property in this trust, we kind of want it to stay there. That's requirement. Now, can the assets ever come out of the trust? And the answer is yes. Now, I mean, when I say can they come out, I'm talking about uh, proper ways out that don't damage what we're trying to do. I said earlier in the first section that if you take money out of a bank account in this trust and give it to yourself, well, we've messed it up. Because, you know, we call this thing an income-only asset protection trust. The name is not just something cute somebody thought up. It's generic in nature, but it has a meaning. Income only, meaning all, you know, when you have income and principle, income can come out of this trust and go to you all day long. I mean, technically, what it is is income can come out of this trust and you, the maker of the trust, can decide where it goes and you can decide it goes to you. But it's the, I like to, I say, think of it, when you hear the word income only trust, think of it this way. Income is the only thing that can come out of this thing and not screw it up. Okay. That's a good way. Principle is what we got to leave in there to, if we want it to be creditor protected. Now, it doesn't mean it's gone forever. It doesn't mean we can't use it. I've already told you. It's probably pretty seamless to you. You can pretty much do anything you want. I mean, but, you know, again, this is a concept that we're trying, you know, we can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't put property in trust just to meet, you know, just to defeat your creditors. You know, if that were the case, nobody would be a creditor. Uh, I wouldn't blame them. So, all right, so we one first hoop, put it in, and we want it to stay there. Now, can property ever come out of this trust? The answer is yes, because I just got done telling you in no uncertain terms that you can have no access to principal. Did I not? In fact, I you know, I told you that the trusts I write have extremely strong language to say trustors have no access to principal. The trustee is forbidden to give the trustor uh, principal. No way, Jose, not a zip, never. I mean, over-the-top language. I even go so far as to put language in there that says, if there's anywhere in this trust where it looks like principle is accessible to the trustor, I'm saying in this enabling clause up front that it, that controls that it is not access to principle. I mean, it's that strong of a language. Now, after all that, I'm going to turn around and tell you how you not now how you can get access to principal, and it's not really access at all. I, I I call it actually I call it indirect access, but it's not it's not an access at all. It is a way that you can get to the property inside the trust. It's not as simple as just taking it out and giving it to yourself. Okay, we know that won't work, right? So, we, we what what is called is we have this. Well, let me let me put it this way. 
when you when you create one of these income only asset protection trusts, there are certain trustor retained rights. Remember, the trustor is the maker of the trust. So you have these trustor retained rights. One of them, one of the biggies is it's called the unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to our heirs. Okay, so the way I, I if you know, I'm on radio, so I can't show you a PowerPoint, right? But I'll try to describe what it looks like. If you ever come to my seminars and see it or watch one of my recorded versions, uh, you will. I have a PowerPoint, okay? And I show this box, and the box is the trust. On the left side, I guess we'll call it the front door because property, you know, there's arrow where property goes into the box. So we get the house, your house goes into the box, your, all your real estate, maybe some bank accounts, that sort of thing goes in through the front door and goes into the box. And we said once it's in there, kind of has to stay there, right? But you can control it all day long when it's in there. Now, suppose you want property to come out of it. Well, there's now we draw an arrow that comes out of the trust on the right side. I, sometimes I call this a back door. And this is called this right is called the unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to our heirs. So the trustee can make these unlimited distributions of principal at any time to any of the beneficiaries of the trust, you know, which is usually your trusted adult children or whatever. So you might be thinking, okay, Stan, wait a minute. Did I hear that right? Did you say that I can distribute principal to, the, to my heirs? Yeah, that's what I said. You can distribute principal. It's unlimited lifetime distribution of principal, which means you can do it as often as you want and as much as you want. When I say unlimited, I guess it's limited to the point of exhaustion of what's in the trust, but you get the idea, right? So let's think about this. You can give, you know, let's say you got three, I got three kids, we'll use me. And I designate my descendants as a class of people. So it's more than just my three kids. It's also all their kids. But I can distribute to any one of them as much principal as I want during my lifetime. Now, this is not after death. This is a lifetime. And that's okay because when we're dealing with creditor protection, we're dealing with the trustor's lifetime. I mean, it doesn't matter after death, right? So, okay, so during lifetime, I can distribute to any one of my kids principal if I want to. Now, let's think about this. I can give them principal. That's the thing I'm not allowed to have, right? Remember, I went over the top and said, you have no access to principal. Nada. But you can fork it over to your kids if you want to. And that right is unlimited during your lifetime, all right? Now, you know, like I said, we call this a backdoor to the trust. So, you know, you kind of want to have trusted you know, beneficiaries here that you can make these two because here's how it works. When you let's, – let's, let me do by example. Let's say I got these three kids, okay, and I got my son. My, he's not the oldest child, but he's the oldest son. He's the middle child. And let's say I – let's say I need $20,000 – out of my trust for a medical expense, okay? Something I can't afford to pay with what's not in the trust. I can distribute $20,000 to my son, okay? I, all I have to do is show, exercise my right of unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to my heirs, and I can distribute to him $20,000. Now, let's, let's, let's just nuke this out. When I distribute $20,000 to him, Ownership is complete. That $20,000 is his. And he can do whatever he wants with it, right? I mean, if it's his, there's no strings attached. I distributed that principle to him. Now, 
I haven't, I haven't got it because I didn't give it to myself. I gave it to my son, right? Or my trustee did. I mean, I can, I, I, you know, you can be the trustee of this trust. It's not always the best idea, but uh, you could be. Or whoever the trustee is, they can distribute it. Because, you know, why is it okay? They're not giving it to you, the trustor. So, I, you know, I, I tell my trustee, distribute $20,000 to my son. And he does. It's my son's $20,000 now. He owns it. He can do whatever he wants. He can do something very wise with it. Or he can do something unwise with it. He can go to Tunica and put it all on red 23, right? Now think about this. Included in the realm of whatever he wants to do with this is he can turn around and spend it and use it on my behalf. So let's say I got this $20,000 medical expense. I have my trustee distribute $20,000 to my son. My son, that's his money now, he turns around and pays my medical expense. I call that indirect access to the principal. Now, it's it's not access at all. It's just an easy, I use that word because it's easy to understand. But it works because it didn't, it never came to me. It was used on my benefit. I mean, he could actually turn around and hand me the $20,000. I don't recommend that because when he hands me the $20,000, now I have it and I have access to it, which means my creditors could get at least that $20,000, right? Now, the way that works is our courts have analyzed these trusts decades ago, okay? I mean, back before the ink was even dry on the Medicaid Act in 1964. I mean, these trusts existed long before that. They just apply very well to this concept. Now, and, you know, the the 10 care attorneys, you know, or the Medicaid attorneys would always complain that, well, this is not fair because it's just a wink and a nod. They're going to distribute this money to their kids, and they we know the kids are just going to turn around and give it back to them. And the court said, well, hold on there. Wait a minute. I said, if this instrument, meaning the trust, if the language in this thing says the trustor has no access to principal and you're not, the, the instrument does not obligate the heirs to use it on their behalf, then we're going to uphold credit protection. So here's what happens sometimes. I, Every now and then I get somebody that comes in, they want to do the income-only asset protection trust, and they'll say something like, okay, this sounds great, but I'm a little bit of a control freak, so I want to put in there a clause somewhere in that trust that says, if my wife or I have this catastrophic illness and we got to get at those assets, we can get at them for that reason. And I say, no, I'm not going to do that because if I do that, they'll find it. And what are they going to say? They're going to say, ah. I see here you have access to the, the trust property. Okay, so if you have access, we have access. Okay, or if, if somebody will say, well, I want to, you know, I'm, I don't trust my kids, so I want to make sure I put something in the trust that says if I distribute property to them or money, they will turn around and use it on my behalf. And, and I'd say, no, I can't do that because if you obligate them to do it, what is that? That's access to principle because they have to do it. And so it will fail. Those have all been tried, and those have all failed. You know, every now and then I'll go over case law on this show that comes out of this state and other states because, you know, because we can learn from it. So when the courts uphold something, that's what we want to do. When they shoot something down and say it fails, we, that's what we don't want to do. It's an easy concept. We want to learn from the winners, and we want to learn from the losers, okay? So we want to do what the winners do and don't do what the losers do, and we'll be okay. Because the courts adhere to a concept called stare decisis or precedent, 
which is, you know, the, the definition of that Latin term is once settled, always settled. So once they decide how it's going to work, it doesn't change willy-nilly every time the topic comes up, okay? So we, that's how, you know, what we've learned over the decades of, of TenCare that's been around. So, you know, we, we can distribute to them. They can turn around and use it on our behalf. Now, that's what makes it work. I think you can, you know, I wish you could see my PowerPoint, but I think you're starting to see how powerful, how powerful this trust can be. So here's what I like to tell people. I say, if you want to do this trust, you know, we can't put everything into it. Okay, let's, let's, let's unpack that for a second. We cannot put everything we own into this trust. Remember the revocable living trust I talked about several weeks back? And I said, we want to put everything in this trust so it avoids probate, right? But remember, I also said the revocable living trust does not give you any credit or protection because you have total access and total control of the property anytime you want. So, you know, for that reason, if you can get it, you, you can get at it in a revocable living trust so they can get at it. Now, when, uh, when we do this uh, distribution of property and we're giving it to our kids, you know, they now... They, like, they can turn around and use it on our behalf. And we're calling that indirect access, even though it's not really access at all. But it is a way to get to it because it satisfies what the courts have said. The courts will say the instrument itself has to say no access. And, and, and mine do. And then the, the, the heirs cannot be obligated. There can't be anything in there that says they have to do it. Okay. And or that's how we set it up. So, it, you know, it's got to be trusted people. But what... But what, I, what I'm getting at is because this, this income-only trust, you cannot put everything you own into it. Now, why is that? Well, think about it. If you put everything you own into an irrevocable trust with no access to principal, you can make yourself insolvent, right? And we don't want to use this back door uh, every Friday night when we need a couple hundred bucks to go to Walmart for groceries, right? I mean, that would be kind of stupid. Uh, so we, we don't want to... You know, if we put everything in there, that's the only way to get it out, right? I just got done talking about that. So what I advise people to do is this, and it works very well. This works very well. And uh, like I say, we stick with what works, and we stay with stay away from what doesn't. So if you, I tell people, when you put property into this trust, let's give it some thought. Let's put stuff into this trust that we never contemplate ever having to use to live off of. So you don't put your checking account in there because you write checks all the time. And as you can see, we don't want property coming in and going out of this trust left and right because this trust operates on this five-year look-back rule. Once we put the property into this trust, we have divested ourselves of it and we start our five-year time clock. Okay? So we don't want stuff going in and out all the time any more than necessary. So if we put stuff in there that we don't anticipate living off of, then once we put it in there, we'll probably never use the back door, right? But it's really good to know that if we ever do need it for some reason, okay, circumstances change, and if they change and we need property in there, it's really good to know that we can get at it through this unlimited lifetime distribution of principle to our heirs, right? So I, I don't want to wear that out, and here's why. You know, I always, every now and then I get somebody comes in and says, you know what, I'm going to put everything in this trust. If I want a new boat... I'll distribute the property to my kids and they'll go buy it for me. If I want a new car, 
I'll do, I'll use the back door. If I want to buy my wife diamond earrings, I use the back door, all this stuff. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you legally, I analyze this, you know, I've got thousand hours in perfecting this trust and, and legally you could do that. You could do every bit of it, but I don't, recommend it because, you know, if you apply for TenCare, they're going to know you have this trust. They're going to see your house is titled to it and all that kind of stuff. You, you can't hide stuff from them. So we have to disclose everything and they're going to ask to see it. And so you send it to them. They're going to scrutinize it. And I'm going to tell you exactly what they're looking for and I know exactly where in the trust they're looking for. They're looking to see if you have access to anything. And if they find it, what are they going to say? They say oh, you've got access to it. So now we have access to it. See how that works? So if you put in there, oh, hey, um, if I ever have a catastrophic illness, I want to make sure you know I can get at that trust. They're going to find that clause. And they're going to say, okay, listen, we found where the trust door has access to it. So therefore, we have access to all the pro- – they could have gotten to anything in that trust. So now we can get to any and all of what's in the trust. Pretty harsh result. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I never exercised that clause. We never had a catastrophic illness. So I never did take anything out. Well, here's the real, here's the bummer. Here's the real rub. The courts have said, and the law, it's called a peppercorn test, have said that if, if you can get access to any of it, you can get access to all of it. And therefore, the, you know, even if you never exercised or actually got the access, TenCare can assume that you have exercised that right to the full extent, which is to get at everything. Therefore, now you can get at everything. Now they can get at everything. You see that? It always comes back to this access to principle. And that's what we don't want to have happen. So, you know, it's a grand tool. It works like a shot. And if we for give it some forethought and don't load it up with everything we own, and just the big, the big ticket items, your nest egg, you know, your house, your investment account, stuff you're not needing to live off of, or they're not needing to live off the principle. Those are perfect for putting in here. But, and, but that means some things are, have to be left out. Okay, and we're going to talk about the effect of leaving stuff out because it's not that big a deal. And we're going to talk about that after the break because it looks like we are coming up on break number two. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about more about what we put into this and how it comes out and how it stays, how it stays in. So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning because we'll, I am your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we will be right back after this. Do you have a loved one who's either in long-term care or going to be soon? Are you worried about losing everything you own, everything that you've worked for your entire life? If so, we can still do crisis planning and protect the majority of your property. If you have a loved one in this situation, call me, Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. From a little information, I will generate a written report explaining how much property we can protect. Don't go broke just because you require long-term care. Call me, 931-363-7222. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. 
We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in southern middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee, 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, and I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. And we have been talking about this income-only asset protection trust. And I tried, (coughs) excuse me, I tried to depict it as best I could without having to show a PowerPoint, which I can't do on the radio, right? But I think you're getting the idea how powerful this thing can be, because we, if we put it in this trust, it's protected from our creditors. And the, the big, you know, the biggest creditor we're ever going to come across is this concept of long-term care. 
All right. Now, I'm going to go over the big difference between this, the Income Only Asset Protection Trust, and the Revocable Living Trust that I talked about a few weeks ago. One of the big differences is things like your primary checking account stays outside of this trust. I mean, so do your retirement income, such as your Social Security and your government pension, if you got one, okay? I mean, that continues to go into your checking account outside the trust. Also, retirement accounts like IRAs or the 401ks, those qualified funds, those tax-deferred funds, they typically stay outside of the trust, okay? So you're still going to receive your income, pay bills, you know, deal with your daily financial affairs, all the same way that you do right now. Nothing's going to change with respect to your everyday financial affairs. What's changing is your nest egg, your home, which is the biggest asset for most people, and your investments. That's your nest egg. That's what you've been saving for that rainy day. And that's, what's, that's what goes into the trust and gets protected. And the rainiest day of all is the day you wind up in a nursing home, okay? Now, if you truly want to protect those assets, you need to protect them in this type of trust. It is the only tool out there that will do this. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay the nursing home until you're broke and you can't pay anymore. And nobody wants to do that if they can avoid it. Now, a lot of times people ask me if there's any tax ramifications to this kind of trust. Of course, the answer to that is no. This is a, you know, the buzzwords, the IRS buzzwords are these, this and the revocable living trust are called grantor trusts. And a grantor trust means that as far as the IRS is concerned, it's tax neutral, okay? And what that means is if you, put, if you have income-producing property right now, let's say you have no trust, right? So you have a piece of, you're, you're renting a room in your house and it's, it's generating, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month rent. Well, you file that income on, you report it on your 1040 form and file it, right? Well, if you put your property into this trust and it continues to make this thousand dollars a month of income from your renter, it's tax neutral to the IRS, you don't get punished and you don't get a break for having it in the trust. You still report the $1,000 a month on your tax 1040 personal tax return. Nothing has changed. So, um, you know, and now another question people ask about taxes, whenever we exercise this unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to the kids, you know, so like I said, suppose I needed to distribute $20,000 to my son, Okay. Big question comes up. They say, well, when you distribute that to your son, is it income to him? And does he have to pay income tax on it? Fair question, right? I get it all the time. Well, the answer might surprise you because the answer is absolutely no. It is not income to them. It is a gift. And the only people that ever pay, I mean, the recipient of the gift never pays taxes on a money gift. The only people that ever pay taxes on a gift is the giver of the gift. Okay? And the only time the giver of the gift ever pays taxes on a gift is is when the sum total of their lifetime gifts plus the value of their estate at death exceeds the federal exemption allotment, which right now is $12.06 million for an individual or $24.12 for a married couple. So if you're in that boat, you know, you need to do some special planning because everything over that $12.06 million is taxed at a rate of 40%, which is pretty darn healthy. But if you're not, like most people, 
you know, I don't get too many $25 million states here in southern middle Tennessee, but they're out there. You know, I get it. You know, So, I mean, it's not that it, that's not that much of a problem. There's just certain things we have to do to pr- help protect that property. So there is no tax on it. There's no income tax to them because it's a gift. Now, there's actually a pretty good tax consequence when you think about it. And that is if, let's say I gave $20,000 to my son because I had some sort of medical procedure or needed a wheelchair or some kind of medical reason that I needed the money. If he turns around and does it, buys it for me, let's say it's a wheelchair. I'm using that as an example because we did this recently with one of my clients. You know, $20,000 got distributed. The child went and bought the wheelchair and gave it to dad. Now, that child can take a medical, because he paid somebody else's medical expenses, he can take a medical expense deduction on his taxes. <laughs> Pretty slick, huh? So, you know, that's 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 kind of a positive uh, a beneficiary uh, result for that. He actually gets a break on the tax for doing that. And that's kind of what we want to do with it. Now, some people... You know, I said you give it to your child and your child can turn around and use it on your behalf. Sometimes we just want to distribute property to people, to the children, and not expect them to give it back. Here's an example. Had a client who had property in their trust, had their real estate in the trust, and it was uh, they were about, you know, four years into it or so, and they wanted to distribute like four acres to their daughter because they always wanted to do that, but she wanted to build on it. And she couldn't get a loan to build on it because, you know, bank's not going to loan money for you to build a house on somebody else's land, right? Too much of a risk. So they wanted her to have ownership. And so they called me and I said, sure, property's property. It doesn't have to be $20,000. Let's get the four acres surveyed and we'll deed out that piece of property. We'll use the unlimited, we'll exercise our unlimited lifetime distribution of principal to our heirs. So he gave, the, we wrote the deed, we gave it to the daughter. And now there's not even an expectation that she's going to turn around and use it for dad. It's going to stop there. So you can do that too. But the big the big advantage is it can come back to you for your use. Okay. So I think, you know, you're starting to see how powerful, powerful, powerful of a tool this is. And I think it's just very underutilized. I mean, I'm the only, I'm the only one out there for counties around that does this kind of work. Uh, I'm not sure why, but... Uh, I think it's because it's difficult. Like I said, I've got hundreds and hundreds and probably a thousand hours in perfecting some of the stuff that we do. Um, so if you're going to do, do this kind of work, you've got to put in the put in your dues, and a lot of folks don't. So anyway, all right, listen, we got more to talk about on this income-only asset protection trust, but we're, you know, we're, I'm almost out of time on tonight's uh, thing. But I think we covered some great ground, and we'll pick it up next week. So listen, if what you heard this week has piqued your interest, I'm glad. I mean, that's that's sort of my mission, okay? My mission is to get this message out. And the message is that when it comes to estate planning, you've got options. You have got a lot of options. So if you have any questions about your own family circumstances, listen, I'm more than happy to answer questions, okay? Um, I don't mind taking the time. So call my office. My office number is 931 931- Three six three seven two two two. That's nine three one three six three seven two two two. Or you can go to my website at estateplanstand.com and set up one of my fifteen-minute phone calls. That way, my time and attention is dedicated to your questions. So the next seminar coming up, June the tenth. It's a Saturday at ten a.m. at the WLX Country Cafe radio station in Lawrenceburg. Uh, be sure to call the office and RSVP for that. 
June the 10th at 10, um, Saturday, WLX radio station in uh, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Hey, doing nothing has a predictable result. I always say that. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy doing it. I'll be back on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, next Saturday night at 7 p.m. for the next episode of Bulletproof Estate Planning. And I am Estate Plan Stan. See you next week.